Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, church. Great to be here with you today. I'm Pastor Rob, and we're talking about unity. Very, very important topic. In fact, if you missed last week, I'm gonna encourage you to go back and listen to it because a great start that Pastor Guy had with us there. I want you to fill in this blank if you can. If something comes to mind, at least, maybe you've heard this before, okay? And it's simply this. Blank would be great if it wasn't for people. How many have heard that before? You're not gonna believe this. Know what I heard put in that blank? Church would be great if it wasn't for people. And it was a pastor who said it. Oh, ouch, and it wasn't one of the pastors at Fox River, okay? I've also heard family would be so much better if it just wasn't for the people. It's like, what's happening there? What's happening, what's being expressed is there is a struggle with unity as soon as you put more than one person in a room, isn't there? It's like, whoa, opinions come out, preferences come out, disagreements come out really, really quick, And so we need to look at unity and realize that it will be tested. And one of the common things we're going to find out is this, is that if you're a part of any group at all, including the church and especially the church, your personal liberty must be put aside at times for the sake of others. Let me say that again. Your personal liberty must be put aside at times for the sake of others. It has to happen, or you will not have unity. But it's very important to figure out what do I put aside and what do I not put aside, because when we confuse those and get them mixed up, really bad things happen. Disunity is what actually happens. And so we're gonna look at a primary way that unity is tested and how we can deal with that testing. We're gonna do so by going to Romans chapter 14. So let me encourage you to grab a Bible, okay? Or if you have a smart device with the Bible app on it, or if you don't, go ahead and download the Bible app and turn to Romans. It's a New Testament book. You get past the, what are called the Gospels and soon you'll be into the book of Romans written by a guy by the name of Paul. Now before we get there and into that passage, Let's talk a little bit about why this is so important. Pastor Guy brought out last week that unity is Jesus' number one value. His number one is being one. That's what it is. It's the way that he says that others will be able to identify you as a follower of his is by whether you're able to find unity or not. It's huge, So important that Jesus prays for it regularly for us. He prays on our behalf that we would have unity. In specifically, the church. Not just Fox River Christian Church, but everyone who calls himself a Christ follower, a believer in Jesus, that we would find unity. Well, that's being tested. Back to Romans 14. Paul's writing to a church in the city of Rome. We've all heard of Rome before. It was much different back then than it is now, and we'll see a little bit of that. But we're gonna see that unity was needed very much. And it was something that Paul was going to bring to their attention. And we're gonna find that it's very similar to us today, that we can get off track if we don't keep it before us. They had a problem with division, and it needed to be addressed, so address it, Paul does. Let's take a look. Romans chapter 14 and verse number one. I'm gonna warn you, some of you are gonna get offended right away and some of you are gonna misunderstand what's being said. So we'll explain it a little bit in context here, okay? Just giving you a heads up, all right? 
Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything. How many are those type of people? I'm one of those people. I want to eat anything, okay? Yeah, doesn't mean I have to eat everything, but I want to be able to. I'm the only one? Nobody else likes to eat? Okay, we've got a few people like to eat. Okay, you, you fit right there, right? You want to be able to eat everything, okay, and anything. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. How many just got offended? All the vegans and all the vegetarians, man, it's like, I'm out. I'm out. He just said I was weak. We'll, we'll get into that, okay? He's not talking to you. He's not, really, all right? The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Both, he's talking about. He's accepted them both. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. You know what? You might be saying, wait a minute. What's this whole thing about vegetables? Really? Really? That's crazy. It sounds like here, not only is he calling certain people weak and certain people not weak, and that's not the key piece here, but it sounds like he's questioning people's faith, or somebody is at least, by what they eat. Isn't that nuts? Somebody looking at somebody else and saying, you must not be a Christian by what you're eating. It's like, how could that even happen? Why would that even be the case. It does sound crazy and is a little bit. So I want to illustrate this a little bit to bring a little bit of, of context, okay? Let's say you invite a family over, and it's a family from church. So after church, you know, you invite them over. You actually invite them over for dinner. And you're like, man, I have a treat for you. We're going to start off with the healthy stuff, some good stuff, okay? So I got some carrots. Yeah. Anybody excited? Yeah, no, you better put some dressing or something with that, okay? All right, I got some celery. Anybody excited? I heard if you devein it, it's a little bit better, okay? I have not tried that yet because I can't stand this stuff, okay? Unless it has peanut butter. If it has peanut butter, maybe. So not real impressed. Me, I'm just talking me. But this family that you invite over, they're like, yeah, good, good stuff. And then you tell them, but for the main course, you get to choose. You get to choose between two, okay? I want you to share your preference with me. Would you like a nice, juicy burger, or would you like a T-bone? I went all out, man. Went all out. How many of you are like, yep, juicy burger person right here? Yeah, okay. How many are like, give me the T-bone? Okay, yeah, yeah. And if you don't like that, I got some kale too, okay? <laughs> All right. So the response you are expecting when you bring out the meat is, wow, I, I wasn't anticipating that. You did go all out. Man, you're splurging here. And you're like, yeah, right, I am. We don't eat like this ourselves. We only eat like this when people come over. Not at my house, man. You're not going to eat like this when you come to my house. I'm too cheap for that. Come on. It's not the response you get. This is the response you get. Neither. And in fact, we're leaving right now. You're like, whoa, 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 what's, what's the matter here? We can't eat meat. You're like, 
wait, wait, what do you mean you can't eat meat? You have health issues? No. You can't be a real Christian and eat meat. Awkward. Oh, man. What do you do with that? You can't be a real Christian and eat meat. Anybody scratching their head saying, where does this come from? It'll make sense in a minute when we bring some human logic into it. You see, in Rome, this is what was happening. Christianity was not big yet in Rome. It was just very, very small, just a handful of people, in fact, called the church, Christ followers. Most of Rome, in fact, most of the world at that time worshiped other gods and multiple gods. It was called pantheism. Maybe you've heard of some of them. People like Xerxes. Anybody heard of Xerxes before? Hermes, Zeus, Aphrodite. That's who they worshiped. And they worshiped in a different way than we do. You see, we come to church and we sing praises to our God. We listen to a message from the Bible. We greet each other and enjoy each other's company and we sit together, hopefully in unity. Back then, believe it or not, they did things a little different. One of the outrageous things they would do is if you wanted to, you didn't have to, but if you wanted to, you could go have sex with a prostitute in the name of one of those gods, especially Aphrodite's. You could. It's like worship, really? And one of the other things that was common to almost all was this. You needed to bring a sacrifice. And guess what that sacrifice was? It was meat. You brought that sacrifice to worship the God. And guess what? Not all that meat got used up, and that God didn't take that meat away. And so guess what happened to it? It got sold. It got sold in the marketplace. And so here was the human logic. You following it? What was happening here? There were people who were thinking this, and they were Christians. They were Christ followers. They were saying this. If meat is offered to idols, and the only meat I can get is meat that's been offered to idols and worship to them, then I am never eating meat. Makes sense, doesn't it? How many of you are like, I can follow that logic? In fact, I might find myself swearing off meat. Not me, man. I need a T-bone every once in a while. And it would be a struggle, wouldn't it? It would be a struggle. But that's all built on human logic. So there was another human logic. Paul actually followed this logic. Paul believed this. Meat is meat. Would you say that with me? Meat is meat. And it's only meat. And guess what? Let me give you a little insight here. Those idols, they're not real gods. And so that worship, it's not real. And so meat offered to an idol is okay. Pass the T-bone. <laughs> you see a little test to unity that might happen? You put those two different people in one room? Yeah. We don't struggle with that, thank God. Right? If you're a vegan, you're a vegetarian, I doubt it's because you believe that that meat was offered to an idol. You may have other strong opinions and reasons for it, but you're probably not saying, well, if you do it, you must not be a Christian. But that's what was happening. It's hard for us to get our minds around that, isn't it? A little bit. When you put the human logic in it, it gets better, but it still causes us to scratch our heads a little bit. See, it was guilt by association. When I associate one thing with another thing, then it must be wrong. When in reality, the thing itself is wrong, not the thing associated with it. There's a difference between the two. But we do it regularly. 
In case we didn't get it, Paul brings out one that probably hits home a little bit more because we treat it a little more sacred. He does so just dropping down here just a few verses. We'll see it. In verse number five, he begins into another illustration. He says, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Let's just take a poll. How many say one day is better than any other? And obviously, it's what day? Nobody wants to say it. Sunday, people, come on. How many would say, no way, every day is equal. They're all God's day. How many would say that? Well, that's the right answer, right? Come on. Come on. And you see the battle. It's taking place, right? Not really. But can you believe there's whole churches built around that thought? There are. You see, churches built around human logic only and preferences will never find themselves unified. Their unity is going to get tested because you can't be in that perfect of harmony over preferences. And so Paul deals with this in a very, very special way. And what he does is he says, you need to let go of the disputable things. You need to be willing to let them go. It's like, how do I know the difference between what is disputable and what is not? What are disputable things today? There's lots of them. There's more than I could ever list. So let's start with the indisputable first, okay? When I say indisputable, I simply mean this, clear. Would you say that with me? Clear. It's clear. What do I mean by clear? When I say clear, I mean this. God speaks to it in his word. This is a filter we go through right here. He shared it with us in his word, and he shared it clearly. So you might still be wondering, what is it? The clearest of all and the one that brings all Christians together is this. Relationship with Jesus is clear. How you get relationship with Jesus is clear, and getting relationship with Jesus brings you into unity with Jesus and with every single believer is what it does, potentially. Okay, and that is by this, salvation by grace through faith. Faith that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sins, he was buried, and three days later he came up out of that grave showing that he had the power to forgive your sin. And he says, if you'll place your faith, Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, it tells us that it's by grace through faith, it's not of yourselves. It's not of works. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's given to you as a gift. That's what it tells us. Clear or disputable? It's clear. It's clear. He says in here, that is how you enter into unity with Jesus. Now, there are other clear things beyond that. That's the number one. That's the one that gives us that value that Jesus has that we can all rally around and say, I'm a Christ follower. I am because of my salvation that came through Jesus. It's not disputable. I'm not saying people don't argue about it. I'm not saying people don't believe it. That's not what I'm saying. But as far as clear, it is clear. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? 
If not, you might feel like you're on the outside. You don't want to be on the outside. You're in the right place right here, right now to find out about that. And by the end of the message, I'm going to invite you to enter into that relationship with Jesus, to be in unity with him and be in unity with every single believer that there is. There are other things that he brings up that are clear. After finding unity in relationship with Jesus, we can test our lives, our actions, even our words, by this question, what does God say about it? So you find yourself having unity tested, you need to ask, what does God say about it? Does God say anything about it? If he doesn't, then it's disputable. It's disputable at that point. And Paul says, don't let those things ruin your unity. Don't let it happen. You might still be like, I don't know the difference. Open up the Bible. Read it. Search for it. I'm going to give you some. Some of you have to take my word for it. I'll give you Bible verses even with them. But I want to ask you, because many of you will know whether it is or not. Does God say anything about how we should treat other people? How many say he's clear on that? He is. Very clear. Jesus himself, several times, he tells us, love others like I love you. Okay? Clear. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Clear. He tells us clearly. Let me give you another one. I'm giving you some softballs here, okay? So hopefully, hopefully you'll hit these out of the park. Does God say anything about having sex with anyone that you are not married to? Some of you are like, uh, it's clear. It's clear. Anybody heard this one before? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Anybody ever hear that before? It is clear as can be. He even goes into what's called fornication, having sex with someone that you're not married to before you get married even. It's clear. Hebrews tells us it's clear. It's clear. Okay, so what do we do with these things? Well, let me give you another one here, okay? And I want you to tell me, clear or disputable? All right, getting drunk. You should not get drunk ever on any occasion. Clear or disputable? It is clear. In Ephesians, he says, do not get drunk with wine, okay? I don't think that means beers are okay, all right? All right? <laughs> do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, does God say, do not drink wine? Clear or disputable? It's disputable every day, all day long. It rocked my world when I became a Christian. Do you know why? I became a Christian from an alcoholic's home. And so the first person that I saw crack open a beer that went to my church, I was horrified. I could not believe it. Could not believe it. Then imagine, that was in Iowa. Imagine what it was like when I moved to Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm like, and then imagine when I went to a hospital visit and the guy said, I really like you. He goes, you know what? I feel like you're the guy we could be sitting around a fire. I could crack open a beer with you. <laughs> I'm like, God, what are you doing to me? What are you doing to me? Okay? It's disputable. We'll learn what you do with that in a moment. Okay? But it is disputable. Greed, clear or disputable? Clear, clear, but... Going to that friend's house for dinner, getting past the steaks, getting past the alcohol, and they break out these and this. Clear or disputable? These are cards. They play a little poker, okay? 
This is a cigar if you can't tell, all right? Some of you are like, I don't want to go there. Secondhand smoke thing. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't be putting smoke in my body. Clear or disputable? It's disputable every day, all day long. But greed's not. So be careful those wagers that you put on these cards here. There's hard things in the Bible. Really hard things. Here's one for you, parents. Letting your kids have a cell phone before the age of 10. (laughs) Clear or disputable? It is not clear. (laughs) Show me, show me. I'm gonna bail you out, parents, okay? I'll bail you out right now. Honor your father and mother. Clear or disputable? And all the parents said, clear every day, all day long. Clear as can be, kids. So if mom and dad say no cell phone, you need to wait, right? We have house rules. But when house rules get raised to the level of God rules, we got a problem. We can have house rules, but don't you just say, God says you can't have that cell phone. He does not say that, and you're gonna rock your kid's faith if you let them believe that. So be very, very careful. How about this one? The style of music in church, clear or disputable? Disputable. But some people don't believe that and they leave churches over it, don't they? Where are my hymns? Where are they at? That guitar player on stage looks like he came right out of a rock band. Those tattoos... We get it, don't we? We get it. But it's hard, because we want to argue. We want to fight. Go and make disciples is the church's mission. Clear or disputable? Clear. And when we can't unite or leave the disputable alone, we damage that. Clear cut command of God to go and make disciples together as the church to be a force in this world. Imagine 600 people coming together and doing meals or imagine someone sitting home saying, I can't associate. There's somebody who offended me at church and I'm not going because I might see them. Problem, problem, problem. That's what Paul is talking about. You see, our unity is based on the undisputable relationship with Jesus and what God is clear on. Unity that's based on shared preferences will not last because no two people are that much alike. Your preferences will end up diverging at some point and the unity will be gone. So our unity must be based on something stronger than our own preferences. It has to be. We've got to be unified in order to do the work that God wants us to do. So remember, how do you accept or find unity indisputable? Let's look. Let's go back to verse number 10. We'll read down through verse number 13 this time. He says, you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. 
Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Three simple things I want to give you here. First one, he says, do not judge. How do you know if you're judging? And you're, you're not just discerning. Judgment is when we try to elevate our beliefs to God's beliefs when God doesn't say anything about it. We're judging at that point. And at that point, we need to make sure that we lower that and we admit to God doesn't say anything about this. Here's a key tip. If you find yourself looking at another person and you say these things, maybe out loud, hopefully not, you can't do that and be a real Christian. You better have justification for that. And there is no justification for that other than salvation is by grace through faith. They might be doing something you don't like. They might even be doing something that God says not to do. Okay, then talk to them about it. But don't just judge them with it. Now, there's a flip side to this, right? Because sometimes you're going to find yourself on the other side. And that's when you're at somebody's house and they say, you can't eat that. And you know full well you can. What's going to be your temptation? It's called contempt. Contempt is what you're going to go through at that point. You know what contempt does? It tries to blow it off. And you know that you have contempt when there's somebody who you're feeling pressure to not be able to live out your liberty. And you're thinking these thoughts. You just need to grow up. You just need to read your Bible. You need to find out what God really says. May be true. It may be true. But it's not loving. And it will not help them grow. And it will not help them flourish. And so the third thing that Paul says we need to be willing to do is we may need to defer. Meaning, put aside my liberty for the sake of someone else. Not all the time. Not when you're in your own private home. Okay? But maybe when you're in their home. What would that look like? Celebrate Recovery is gonna have a barbecue. Do you think you should show up with this? Absolutely not. You have a friend who struggles with an addiction, do not invite them into an environment where they're gonna be tempted, ever. Do you think you should show up with this? Absolutely, but they'll have you covered, okay? It's fine. It's fine. It's not gonna cause someone's faith to stumble. But this might. And so at times... You may need to put your liberty aside in order for someone else's faith to flourish. Are you willing to do that? You may be here, as I mentioned before, and may have never trusted Jesus. And you're already like, I thought life was so simple, man. You're gonna make it harder if I do that. No, it's not what this is about. It's about grace. Showing grace to others and the grace that Jesus gave us. See, Jesus wants you to be in unity with him first and foremost. And attached to that, you get brothers and sisters. You join a family. And he wants you to be a part of that family. So in a moment, we're gonna pray. And if you've never trusted Christ, but you're ready to today to join that family, I'm gonna encourage you to do so. If you're already a believer, a Christ follower, 
you may have someone that either has broken unity with you or you've broken with them and it's both over something disputable and you need to make it right. And you need to be willing to defer or to stop judging or to stop showing contempt. And I want you to make that commitment today to go and as best as you can to make that right, to restore the unity. It may have been a complaint, it may have been a fight, whatever it was, that you will go and you will make that right. Would you do that? And will you live with unity in your mind and through your actions? Would you pray with me? Christ follower, just make that commitment right now to God. If that's you, you might even name that person right now that you need to go talk to. If you're not a Christ follower yet, but God's working in your heart, the Holy Spirit is knocking on that door of your heart saying, I want you to be a part of the family and you're ready to become a part of the family, to accept what's clear. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, that your salvation is by grace through faith. And right now you wanna place your faith that Jesus died for you? Then pray to him. Let him know that you wanna receive that gift. It might be something like this. Dear God, I want unity with you. I want my sins forgiven. And so I place my faith, my belief, that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. He was buried and he rose from the dead showing that he has power to have victory over even my sin. I wanna receive that gift of salvation right here and right now. With heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you'd say, that's me, I'm making that decision today to enter the family of God, would you just raise your hand? Just let me know that on our campuses as well, online, just indicate that, let me know, okay, thank you, thank you. Lord God, we praise you, we thank you for being a God who gives us clarity, God, and the things that you don't, you give us some liberty, but God, you also want us to live that out in love towards others. Help us to do that. We praise you, we thank you for being our God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everyone in agreement said, if you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.